Hey, Jesus Time family, welcome back to Jesus Time, where we are going to talk about what Jesus tells us in our times with Him. And you guys, today I have a very, very special guest, and she is so special that I'm going to introduce her. <laughs> her name is Natalie. She's a dear friend of mine, uh, recently moved into town, and is a speech therapist with little kids that she adores, adores, and they adore her. And she is working on her master's uh, because God has called her into counseling and therapy because of the healing and the victories that she has seen. She wants to help other kids see those as well. And so that's Natalie and she's incredible. And I said it before and I'll say it again. If a heart could be made out of honey, this would be the time that that would be true. Oh my gosh, you do always say that. I, I do. Feel like that's an overstatement. It is. It is not. You. And also, it's my show, so I say what I want. <laughs> uh, I love you too. I love you too. And so, uh, Natalie has been so sweet and so brave because she'll be talking to us about her trauma. And so, before we get into the questions, I thought it was important to define trauma because. That is a word that is thrown around on social media a little bit. And I guess words like anxiety and depression are thrown around too. But for for today's episode, I found a definition that I think is helpful and will help frame our discussion. And the definition is this. uh, So trauma, there are three main types, acute, chronic, or complex. Acute trauma results from a single incident. Chronic trauma is repeated and prolonged, such as domestic violence or abuse. Complex trauma is exposure to varied and multiple traumatic events, often of an invasive interpersonal nature. And so today I think we're going to frame our discussion. Mm -hmm. We're just going to look at Natalie's chronic trauma. Is that right, Natalie? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. great. And so um, as you're comfortable, could you talk to us and tell us what your chronic trauma look like? The um, <clears throat> repeated and prolonged situations and events. Mm-hmm. Yes. So um, I think that the chronic trauma really started... Um, it started and at least like it was all rooted in um alcoholism um addiction to alcohol within my home growing up um one of my parents uh really struggles with the addiction to alcohol um and this person is is um is like I guess by personality already like a very um explosive Mm. kind of um yeah just a very explosive like a very Mm -hmm. um like intense person Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm trying to think of synonyms and when you're saying this person you're referring to one of your one of my parents parents, but okay and you're protecting them by being vague yeah got it I just that's beautiful yeah thanks I I'm just trying to um I'm trying to honor them uh in the ways that i can okay yeah so this person so mm-hmm. already naturally explosive and now with the addiction yes. to alcohol yes which i don't remember them ever not being mm. a drinker like a heavy drinker mm. um but i i know like through stories of their past and um and all of that that they you know they're they're personality is already kind of up there Mm -hmm. um and very like tends to be in your face um already struggles with anger uh all all of those things that just go really well with Mm, alcoholism unfortunately um (laughs) yeah so so yes that is kind of I guess the root of a lot of issues Mm. um within our household and then uh along with the alcoholism there was a lot of uh, constant verbal and emotional abuse. Um, yes, a lot of a lot of uh, violence. I would say, in in the sense of like mm. 
slamming things Mm -hmm. or slamming onto cabinets, for example, anytime that there was a fight, which was extremely frequent to to begin with. Um, Yeah, so a very loud house. Um, Yes, and all of those, like just all of those situations of the verbal um, constant tearing down, constant insulting or um, constant blaming, uh yeah like all of that builds up Mm. and um it definitely like it's it's very far from ideal Mm -hmm. we can all say that like very easily um but it's also just very far from normal Mm -hmm. like that's not that's that's very abnormal it definitely falls Mm -hmm. into um the the chronic trauma I in my opinion mm-hmm. how long were you in that environment um so situations different situations uh which these are not the only things that occurred but again for the purpose of this podcast mm. um we're just staying there for the um you know for the sake of time too um I want to be as thorough as I can and so like we're just gonna stay there um mm. Uh, yes. So certain situations kind of like were building up and then, uh, new situations kind of were coming up, I guess, after I became a Christian, uh, at age 20, Mm -hmm. uh, things just started going South, like at a more rapid pace Mm -hmm. and like in different ways that were very bizarre and, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so thankfully God provided um, for a situation when I was 23, I believe, mm-hmm. where the people closest to me were definitely like, okay, <laughs> it's time for you to move out, uh, mm-hmm. which I didn't even think that I could do, mm-hmm. um, really. I remember the person that brought this up, actually. Uh, so basically, to answer your question first, sorry, mm-hmm. to answer your question, um, my whole life? Yeah. Yeah, whole sincerely, mm. my whole life, mm. um, I was able to move out at 23. Gotcha. Um, yeah, yes. Mm. And so, yeah, the person that initially brought up the point of, like, moving out was actually um, a a really close friend that she, at the time, was the direct one of the directors of a child uh, children's ministry mm. training that mm. I had gone out of town for. Um, and she, yeah, she I just kind of had like a, a point of really breaking down with her, I remember mm. um, because, yeah, I just remember the stress of like getting there mm. because my parents did not want me to go. They were like, mm. and at that time, like they had already started to um, try to pre- prevent me from going to church. Mm. Um, so yeah, it was just very stressful to like get to the training. Mm. And then I remember she was like saying certain things to encourage me and show me that mm. like she really loved me, which I adore her. But yeah, she was just saying things to encourage me and I, I kind of broke down mm. <laughs> in short order. <laughs> um, yeah. And then from there, uh, I remember that I like we went to her like dorm room because we were staying on mm. a college campus and we both shared testimonies and stuff and mm. I was sharing with her about like the the process of getting to the training mm. um, and how many times I really thought like I wasn't going to be able to go mm. um, because of just a lot of, of really heavy um, situations that were going on at home mm. Um and she, having, like, talked with me so much one-on-one, really, for the first time, mm. she mentioned, like, that she would love for me to pray very seriously about moving out. Mm. Um, I immediately thought of my brother. I immediately thought it was sin to move out, first of all, mm. which is, a, like, a large indication of um, mm. just how, how controlling mm. and how manipulative things were at home. Uh, and then I thought of my brother immediately and I didn't know, like I knew immediately that like this is the right thing to think about. Mm-hmm. And simultaneously I was like, I don't know how I'm going to actually do this because 
that's like a boundary. My brother has always been like a boundary line Mm. that I was like, I'm not going to, I don't know. I just don't want to leave him Mm -hmm. in that environment. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I couldn't imagine doing that. Um, You mentioned that things were really heavy. So there's a lot that happened there. So, uh, so a lot of verbal, yeah. uh, you said verbal and emotional emotional abuse. abuse. And a lot of slamming on stuff. A lot of slamming. So did you feel ever physically unsafe? So um, I think that the distinction is important of like, um, I was never like physically targeted with Mm. with the violence. But the violence was very loud, very Mm. consistent, and very explosive. Oh, so in a sense, um, when it comes to the, the trauma that, um, like stays with you after the event has already like happened, um, it's, it's still like physical violence Mm. resonates really intensely with me. Mm. Um, I just, if I can't explain the context, I don't really bring that part up because I like, um, it's still not okay, obviously, mm-hmm. but it is uh, a specific form mm-hmm. of violence. And I wouldn't want it to be like equated or um, like confused for the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And it's still just as much trauma. Yes. Because you were in that for My 23 years until you yes. moved out. And it, you almost, yeah. the way you describe it, it almost sounds like a soldier who's been at war for a long time and hears the shells and the bombs going off. Don't know if that's a correct analogy, but that's what I'm hearing. Would you say that that is accurate? Uh, Yes. Okay. So um, the book that we were talking about before starting uh, called The Body Keeps the Score is one of my Mm. favorite books. And it's one of the most like, thorough books on trauma um okay yes uh he actually like the premise of his book the purpose of it is to kind of like show us that um you don't have to go to war in order to experience trauma Mm. and he specifically one of the very healing things about reading that book was that he specifically um states that research shows that children who grow up with alcohol uh, alcoholic parents mm-hmm. um they experience like a level of like war within the wow. home wow yes wow <laughs> pretty much verbatim and we talked about the book we did not talk about that part but yes wow yes that's why i uh, had shared with you um and i guess i'll share it now uh well that definition was different but um basically his 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 definition of trauma is that um, it's like trauma is what stays with you once Mm. the event has already passed. Mm. So even to this day, I'm 27. um, I've been moved out since I was 23. Mm. um, And I've lived completely on my own. Thank God. Like I never, Mm -hmm. I never, God has sustained me on my own. Sure. Um, since I moved out. Mm. So I have that blessing. Um, yeah, but, uh, to this day, you have to be like extremely, extremely close and safe people Mm. in order for me to feel comfortable being around you while you drink. Oh, Um, sure. Yes. If I hear yelling or see like slamming of any kind, I, it's almost like one of my uh, favorite Mm. therapists calls it like your body's alarm systems. Mm. Like sometimes it's, you know, if the house is on fire, then it's like normal and good for your alarm system to set up like your fight or flight so that you can act. Um, but if you have a new house, uh, mm. you're not supposed to still be afraid yeah. by like every little thing that goes wrong, yeah. you know. Um, but it's it's the trauma response mm. to the event. The um, yeah. And then wow. another definition for trauma that we talked about and um, that I really liked, I think it's by Peter Levine, um, mm. another another author. 
uh, in like the psychology world, but he mm. says that trauma is in the nervous system, not mm. in the event, which Ugh. again is like kind of reiterating yeah. the same point. Wow. I love that. I think that's so important. And I love the... I, okay, I'm going to say this. It's going to sound weird, but I'll explain it. Mm-hmm. I love the weight you are giving to what you've endured. Mm-hmm. Because we've talked about this too. <laughs> Sometimes we can say, well, other people have gone through this or I'm yeah. physically okay. It wasn't that bad. Like we minimize or dismiss. Yeah. And that is a hindrance to healing. Mm-hmm. Can you talk about... be an expert. Yeah. <laughs> Right? right? You, I know. And, and can you talk for a minute about how acknowledging mm-hmm. that what you endured was trauma, mm-hmm. how acknowledging that has helped you heal from it? Yes. So I will say that um, I personally was able... Um, I personally was able to like confidently and like fully identify Mm. these things as trauma when I was, uh, really, really quickly spiraling downward, Mm. um, at a certain point of my, of my life. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah. And so basically, like, when um, the people that I was close to were kind of, like, suggesting um, and now just, like, just asking flat out for me to, to go to counseling, like, figure out how to, like, make room in my in my finances for it, in my time. But, like, this is not it's – no, it's no longer – like, you've officially, like, without doubt, like, reached um, – beyond your your capacity to deal with this wow um yeah so so did it take someone else pointing that out for you to see it yes because okay yes because to me that was the only like that was normal right that was within the normal boundaries of my experiences um yeah I had gone from Mm -hmm. from living uh in in my family's home to living then by myself, which I really adored, mm-hmm. and it was a gi- like just an enormous blessing. I, I can't really. <laughs> it was just a really, really huge mm-hmm. gift um, from the Lord, uh, and and from everyone in in my life who helped me, mm-hmm. who helped me. I could not have done that by myself, but um, yeah. But the the point is that like I was by myself mm-hmm. now to process my trauma. <laughs> Um, yeah, now to process and heal. Mm. Uh, so being so. able to identify it and yes. agree that it was trauma, yes. which you didn't know till someone you loved and trusted pointed it out, Yeah. Mm-hmm. then you had this almost tangible thing you could deal with. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's a big deal. So mm-hmm. talk a little bit about how those first few steps of healing, how did you start? Um, so thankfully, um, one of the people that I was the closest to, um, was really close to one of her closest friends within the church, Mm -hmm. um, was, uh, an older woman who is a counselor. Um, yes. (laughs) And this older woman, uh, her first grandchild had just been born. He was six months old and she sincerely was like, I don't know if I'm going to have time. Mm -hmm. I really don't. But this, this person that I was and still am uh, very specially close to, Mm -hmm. um, just really begged her like, please, I, she really means like more help than just, Mm -hmm. just Christian like community in general. Like Mm -hmm. these are very specific um, like wounds that need to be tended to. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't have like the capacity or the knowledge or, or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, uh, yes. Yeah, so then, um, and then I ran from her actually for oh. like six months. Really? Yes. I was praying and I was mm-hmm. like, I don't really think I, I remember vividly and her and I are very close now and we laugh about it often but um while she was saying that she didn't have time uh I kept telling my uh my mentor really um 
I just kept telling her that like I'm praying about it and mm. I don't think I need to do that. I mean, I think I, I need counseling. I agree with that. But I just don't think that I need to like start all over. Like where do I even start? Mm. Um, so I was just very intimidated by the idea of like starting at ground zero mm-hmm. and needing to catch the person like up. Gotcha. You know. Right. Um, because this other woman that was yes. your mentor had walked you through your story already. Yes. And would you say the idea of retelling it was emotionally exhausting? That's an understatement. Understatement. Okay. Okay. I I can see that. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So after six months of running, Mm -hmm. (laughs) what made you decide, yes, I will do this counseling thing? Uh... Yeah. So after the six months of running, I remember, um, I remember just thinking of the scripture that first of all, Psalm 23, that the Lord is our shepherd. Mm. Um, and that in him, we have all that we need. Like Mm. a shepherd has a role and, and the sheep has a role to follow Mm. the shepherd. Right. Um, um, and so that scripture on top of just the ones to like that are about submitting to counsel oh. um, and that in, in the multitude of counsel is safety and wisdom. And I was wow. kind of like, okay, I really don't want to do this. Uh, yeah, I really don't want to do this, but I genuinely submission to the Lord wow. um, is what brought me to do it. To do it. Okay. Yeah. Well then let, this is really cool because <laughs> you said you did not become a Christian until you were 20. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So growing up in the environment you did, mm-hmm. from what you've shared, didn't yeah. seem like your parents were very excited about the Christian thing. Different bombs started to go off. I'll say that. Okay. When I became a Christian. Okay. So what was, you, you don't have to be specific if you're not comfortable, but what was it about your environment or how did you become a Christian in that environment? Mm-hmm. Yes. So I had met a very, very, very extremely special person. <laughs> um, yes, I met uh, my friend Jenny. Mm. Um, yes, uh, Chaparro then and now Terasuk. Mm. Um, <laughs> but I met I met Jenny at Miami Dade College, and mm. she she like really she went after me to go to church, um, and. I kind of like wasn't really up for it yeah. um, because so, yes, I just honestly wasn't really up for it. Mm-hmm. I desired it very deeply, but mm. I knew that I was not going to, like I knew that if I, if I liked it and if I felt like I wanted to like keep coming, I knew that my life would have to like be split down the middle mm. um, in order to like still be able to be connected to a church. Um, like I knew that I was going to have to uh, like have a lot of comfort at church, maybe if it ends up happening and then a lot of stress within my home. Mm. Um, and I didn't know if I wanted to sign up for that, honestly. Like I, I just prefer to like deal with the stress that I already am familiar with and like continue coping like Mm. whatever you know (laughs) like just keep keep the survival mode going um because it's more familiar but um yeah so jenny i finally went to church um one sunday morning and i remember sitting alone because jenny was on the worship team Mm. at the time and i remember that i um yeah i i remember knowing some of the worship songs because Mm. I had them in my like in my music playlist Mm. because a certain like just several events um as a child led to my parents putting me in a Christian school Mm. so I was able to like live in the pool of Christian environments Mm. enough to be really attracted to the peace that I saw the the togetherness like Yeah, just the peace in general that I saw um, and the love that mm. Christians had for each other uh, and that like Christian families seem to mm. have. And so I thought that I was a Christian because of that. Oh, yeah, gotcha. I was like 
yeah, I don't know. I was like soaked in Christian environments mm-hmm. enough to just think that I was a Christian. Sure. Um, yes. So, um, yeah. And then back then, my parents actually allowed me to go to a, uh, not a conference. What's it called? Retreat? Yes, to a retreat. Mm-hmm. Um, they only allowed me to go with that Christian school mm. because like the last two days we were going to universal and islands of adventure in orlando so to them it wasn't like threatening or weird it was just like yeah they're gonna just have fun whatever gotcha um yeah and i remember that i could not stop crying during worship one time like i was like i just lost it and i was a child at the time so i remember one of the worship team uh women i think she was like the singer or something like during a prayer time Mm -hmm. she just like came and found me and she like got on her knees and she was like hey honey are you okay Mm -hmm. and i didn't say anything because i didn't know what to say i didn't i yeah i didn't i didn't know that i was like always in survival mode because again (sighs) that was the only thing that was normal to me um yeah so so that's kind of the context of my childhood and then for when jenny and i meet um and she's like wanting me to come to church Mm. with her um my my mindset was like i really will do it only if there's some kind of retreat like Mm. genuinely I remember verbatim, like, saying this to God. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, yeah, I didn't have really a structure for praying or anything because Mm -hmm. I wasn't saved. But honestly, like, obviously anyone can can call to the Lord. Yeah. Um, That's how we're all saved initially anyway. You know, like, we're not. And then we call to him and to save us. And then we are. Like, that's the huge gift of salvation. But, um, yes, so I remember talking to God and just saying like I'm gonna go once and I mean it took me a very long time to even say that but when I did I I I remember saying to him I'm gonna go once Mm. and that's it like I'm not interested in anything else Mm. I'm just going once and that'll be the end of that um unless there's some kind of retreat that's Mm. the only way that I'm going to allow myself to like Mm -hmm. even think about going a second time because I just wasn't interested in mm-hmm. like the double life mm-hmm. situation. Right. Um, and it was really funny. Yes. Yeah, so then my first day I'm sitting alone, Jenny's in the worship team. And um, I, I realized, like, I remember putting my hands like on the chair in front of me awkwardly during worship. <laughs> and I was just like taking in the fact that I knew the lyrics to some of this mm-hmm. like worship music, but I didn't understand like why anyone was raising their hands. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I I just I think that that's a really funny reminder that like it's not the worship music being beautiful that mm. like should matter. Mm. Uh, anybody can think it's beautiful, you know. Like mm. it's it's um it's about the Lord. Like it's mm. about a person. So you were there um, with your hands on the chair. <laughs> yes. Taking um, this in, feeling yes. a little weird. Yes. And okay. yeah. And then, so I don't remember who did the announcements that day, but I do remember that they specified that for the first day that year, they were announcing for the first day that they're doing the 48 hours retreat, mm. um, which is an inner healing retreat that um, that they did every year mm. at the time, but that this day they were announcing that it's coming up. Mm. And I was like, okay, I, yeah, okay, then I'm going. And Mm. it was just like, um, I am a very like social person and I'm very comfortable meeting new people and stuff. Mm. But uh, with so much turmoil coming emotionally, Mm. like from an emotional place, Mm. um, it's just very strange that Mm. I, that day signed up, I paid. Mm. Yeah, like... Boom, boom, boom. They were confused. Yeah. <laughs> like, who am I? Um, yeah, yeah. And later, like years, years later, I found out that Jenny was actually really worried for me because <laughs> she knew how intense that um, oh. that retreat is. And yeah. she was like, 
just really concerned. Like mm. she was gonna be um out of the US on a trip with her family. So she was like telling people <laughs> that she was worried about me and to like keep an eye out for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we went on a retreat or to this um inner healing retreat, and I actually vividly remember every single day, every single session almost Mm. like every single like sermon just everything I just remember it so vividly and I actually got saved there yeah yeah because you knew that you wanted Jesus everything that you longed for before yeah 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 I remember thinking um at the point of signing up and paying Mm. I remember having this very clear sense of I'm either not a Christian or I am, but I don't know what that means. Mm. Um, and I want to clarify whatever this gap is. Oh, perfect. I remember thinking that pretty much verbatim. And then I, mm. I just was like, okay, then I'm going to make time for this. Um, and I didn't even think about like what my parents would think or mm. like what, like I didn't think about what would happen. Um, yeah. I didn't, it was more like non-negotiable than anything else Mm. for me. Yeah. I know. Talk about inner healing. I know. That's the first step (laughs) to receive the healer. Yeah. So then you mentioned after you got, after you got saved, you told your parents or they found out bombs went off, (laughs) which it sounds like you don't want to go into those bombs. (laughs) Um, And then you were like, okay, three years, within those three years, things got really bad. And you yes. moved out. Yes. And now you had more peace. It was a gift. Mm-hmm. And now you are, after the six months of running from counseling, mm-hmm. you were like, okay, because as now a Christian, a daughter of the king, mm-hmm. you're like, yes, I need to submit to this um, counsel, this yeah. work. And that began some more healing. So can you talk about what the work you did look like to bring about the healing that allows you to see the victories now. Mm -hmm. Yes. So when I went from this older woman um, that is a counselor and like she was kind of giving me an intro to counseling, Mm -hmm. (laughs) when I went from her to the counselor that I still see today, um, they are from the same company. So it was also really comforting. Mm -hmm. I was more willing to go to her um, because they're both like very trauma informed. They're both. Yeah. And I, I just trusted. Yeah. I just trusted Carmine so much that I was like, I really don't want to do this. This would be like the third time that I'm starting at ground zero Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to be like, I'm not a dinosaur, you know, like I don't have that many years (laughs) to like be working on this, but, um, yeah, but I trusted her judgment and I thought of submission again. Mm. Um, and I just knew, I just knew like that I needed, I needed help. Like I needed, Mm. I needed help. Um, yeah. So I remember the, like the month or so, um, before this older woman, um, wanted me to like go to counseling counseling Mm -hmm. um I remember I remember that uh it was right before the holidays Mm. (laughs) no surprises yeah yeah it was right before the holidays and I remember that I um so the it had been four weeks genuinely four weeks Mm. since I stopped sleeping for the most part and I was like fully either not eating or binge eating Mm. until I felt sick and those were like some of my primary like self-harm things like self-harm is like what was behind all of that um yes so at that point I remember that uh this older woman gave me the office number and she informed the office that I was gonna call and then she mm. asked me to call like the next morning mm. <laughs> and I was like okay I um submission I okay I will do that mm. so I I called the next morning um and um 
yeah, I started, I think, like, the next day, I started mm. counseling with my current counselor. Um, um, <clears throat> I remember, <laughs> I remember my counselor asking, it was our very first session, so I remember her asking me, like, just saying hi, introducing herself, and asking how, how I'm doing. Mm. Utterly, I broke down. <laughs> mm. I... Yes, I absolutely broke down and um, coming into counseling, I knew uh, that I 100% like needed EMDR. Um, what is EMDR? Like the actual meaning of it just slipped my mind, which I'm so sorry. That's okay. But um, it is a trauma specific gotcha. um, counseling okay. method, basically. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yes. And um, it's, yes, it's, it's really been such a lifesaver for me and I, I'm so thankful for it but mm. um yeah I knew that this older woman was already thinking of EMDR mm. for me and she like for a long time kept repeating that this mm. is what she thinks I need mm-hmm. um and uh it was just very evident on my first day of counseling that that's what we needed to go in the direction mm. of um yeah so I remember my counselor saying like, um, I remember after I broke down, she was like, she said something to the extent of like, it's okay, don't worry. Like part of my job is just making people cry. That's unfortunately <laughs> what I do. Uh, um, yeah, so so yes, she had let me know that EMDR definitely seems like what I need. Mm-hmm. Um, like I needed counseling in general, but definitely like mm-hmm. a more trauma specific mm-hmm. um, approach. Mm-hmm. So that it would take three sessions possibly to uh, like get to know the context. Right. Um, and yeah, the context of my life, where I'm at now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we would start EMDR. But on the second session, <laughs> she basically uh, said that um, she's okay with starting straight into EMDR mm-hmm. because my crying was really uncontrollable. Mm-hmm. Um, my crying was really uncontrollable, but I was very willing to talk oh, about it. Good. Okay. Like I was very willing to be transparent. And so because of that, she felt like, yeah. okay, we can get started. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That she hardly thinks that um, really, like it really is like a system for mm-hmm. three sessions, you know, mm-hmm. three hour sessions um, are usually needed in order for the background mm-hmm. story. But um, I, yeah, it was doable with me. It was feasible. And also my life was spiraling Mm. (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. yeah my um yeah my depression was very 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 intense very unbearable Mm. um my self-harm was kind of going to other areas Mm. um yeah it was it was just not like a bearable normal um Mm. like sustainable way of life yeah and she didn't want to wait like okay yeah so what does the EMDR mm-hmm. work look like? Yes. So through EMDR, you it's it's a lot of processing me- memories. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, processing memories and triggers. Mm. Yeah, which reminds me a lot mm. of the, the definition that trauma is in the nervous system, not in the event. Mm. All of those events of the daily yelling and screaming and... and um, mm insulting and alcohol um Mm. and sometimes like after having having several drinks like even driving Mm. with all of us in the car which again I was I I am extremely close to my younger brother Mm. so that was really stressful for me each time all of those once I moved out all of those Mm. events that were so persistent they were no longer happening but my body, mm. all of my body, like body, mind, emotions was still responding mm. to all the triggers. Wow. Wow. So the yeah. work of EMDR was um, pro- helping you process the events. Yes. And by processing, mm-hmm. that, that is such an important word. Yeah. Because um, I'm an avoider. 
and I'm sure me too. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's like, actually. I mean, that's actually my like. Yeah, your default, mm-hmm. right? And so I think <laughs> hearing that word, yes, it's there's it, it's there's so much weight to it mm-hmm. because um, correct me if I'm wrong. Just if you're listening, the power of processing mm. means that you you replay it and you sit in the emotions of it. Yes. And what else? <laughs> yeah, that's a requirement mm. to that's to yeah to bring it up mm. um, and to sit in it. Which a a good point that I guess I want to like emphasize yeah. is if if we don't bring it up. Mm-hmm. our bodies are going to bring it up forever. And then I'm going to like get married, have children, whatever. And my own baggage is going to, wow. is going to bleed onto them wow. because it's unchecked, unhealed, uncharted territory. And now they're forced to live with my baggage. I don't desire to pass that on. I just don't. So oh my gosh. that's why I forced myself. Okay. That is the... That's going to stay in my brain forever. If we don't bring it up, our bodies will. Yes, which if you think about it, in, in like even outside of the realm of trauma or chronic trauma, like even just like daily life as mm. being as being like such fragile humans, mm. it's a gift. Our fight or flight system is a gift from God mm-hmm. because if the house is on fire, you can't just be chill, you know? <laughs> like you can't just be like reading right. a book or watching yeah. your favorite show. You need to to react. You need mm-hmm. to run even though you literally have no idea where to start, what to do. You need to like, you need to be like moved and compelled into action Mm. um like a certain healthy level of anxiety and of and of action is what's going to save you in circumstances like that so it's god's design it's just that when there's sin Mm. um that has been like so much sin that has been like Mm -hmm. hammered onto another person Mm. especially in childhood and being a teen and stuff like Mm. uh and special especially in in those like vulnerable times Mm. um then your fight or flight system your like emergency mode Mm. (laughs) survival mode just becomes like your normal state of being right yeah Wow. Like that's, yeah, that becomes like a default. Do you know, it almost sounds like if I can have a physical representation of what you've described emotionally, mm-hmm. it's kind of like when you get a leg cramp, you're mm-hmm. supposed to tighten it first yeah. so that it can release. There's never release. But there's never yeah. release mm-hmm. with your trauma. Yeah. But then is the EMDR, okay, so the EMDR is that exercise, mm-hmm. that emotional exercise to get yeah. you to... Feel it, yes. and then, with the help of your counselor, mm-hmm. release it. Yes, mm-hmm. that sounds exhausting. <laughs> it is really exhausting, um, oh but it's really it's brought me to so many opportunities to rely on the Lord in mm. different ways. Um, I think it's grown my intimacy with Christ so much, uh, and. I've been able to, I think it's given me like a, a deeper capacity to, to um, understand suffering maybe mm. and therefore understand the, the security of Christ. Mm. And um, I've always been a people person, I guess. Yeah. But I think that healing from my own stuff has also allowed me to have very, very special, like very deep relationships in the Mm, body of Christ. Right. Um, Yeah. Because so one of my like alarm systems, you, we can say Mm. uh, coming from childhood would be like relationship is not really always good. Be Mm. careful. (laughs) Um, But because of Christ and because of the healing that he has provided Mm. through counseling, I am very picky, sometimes too, like, too hyper-observant. Mm. Um, but for the most part, like, I I just love the, the very, like, tight, 
close people Mm. in my life. Mm. Um, And yeah, I I probably would have avoided (laughs) deep relationships like in the past. (laughs) Right. Because that's self-preservation for you. And so, okay, you said a couple of things that are interesting. I think it'd be fun to explore. Mm -hmm. You said, um, because of the healing that Jesus brought you through counseling. Mm -hmm. So was this a Christian counselor that you, oh, she was. Okay. So I'm curious. Um, and I, I know Chris did a great job when he spoke about the value of therapy Mm -hmm. because it gets the rocks out of the soil. So God's seed can Mm -hmm. be planted and grow whether that's secular or Christian, because Mm -hmm. all wisdom is from God. Yeah. Um, but can you talk about what you think would look differently in your life had you had all this happen, including counseling, but did not have Christ? But, uh, where would I be? Um, hmm. Yeah, so I think at best if I had a secular counselor, mm-hmm. I can see that that would have been helpful to mm-hmm. process through the trauma mm-hmm. because, because God made our bodies god made our nervous system like he just did so any anything that is good for the body and good for the nervous system Mm -hmm. good for our minds like god set that in motion like Mm -hmm. he made it that way yeah um so just because you know a secular counselor grabbed it from a textbook sure that has nothing to do with scripture the textbook is still about the people that god Mm -hmm. made you know so like i it would still be helpful Yeah. yeah But I think at best, um, the body and the mind mm. and, and like the nervous system at its very best function still has limits. Mm. So yeah. I, I've loved my experience with Christian counseling mm. because there's never a limit for how much scripture I can share mm. um, or that my counselor can just bring up. Mm. or give me for homework Mm. you know um because it is very very hard um or maybe not hard but like she's very very thorough Mm -hmm. clinically she's like the trauma guru Mm. of the office that's what everyone calls her um yeah so um yeah she she's super thorough clinically and Mm. um I love that and there's a portion of of my counseling sessions where it's been just like crying and mm. scripture mm. that like I shared with her mm-hmm. because I had a really hard week again. Mm. Um, but God revealed this and this scriptures to me, yeah. um, these different scriptures to me in order to combat that lie that we talked mm. about last week, you know. Okay. Yeah. So it sounds like, okay, from what you're saying, without Christ, even though you had the counseling, you're in essentially your time with Jesus, your yeah. Jesus time mm-hmm. seems to have created for you solid ground, mm-hmm. um, a vision and a clarity for what healing looks like. Yeah. Because like you said, the scriptures combat the lies. Mm -hmm. So you know what's wrong about your thinking. Mm -hmm. And scripture helps you to define the goal of your thinking. Like this is right. And and you also said that at best, uh, the the counseling and the healing you've done Mm -hmm. without Christ would be limited. Yeah. Yeah, because the body, like at its best health, at its best Mm. at, at its best. Um, function it's still limited it's still li- right and we are as people we are mind body soul and spirit and so missing the spirit yeah. we miss our complete healing it sounds like that's what you were saying yes. yeah and i can i can see that um Yeah. Is there any last words you want to say about trauma or your Jesus time? <laughs> Thanks. So I just wanted to bring up two scriptures quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, Psalm 23, 1, mm-hmm. uh, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. That is like a huge, quick, mm-hmm. um, 
verse that helps me to remember to submit, mm. to submit to my good shepherd, mm-hmm. um, and to know also to submit to the reality that I might feel like I'm missing X, Y, Z thing, um, or X, Y, Z person or affirmation from even my parents, let's say mm-hmm. with all of the trauma that I've gone through, mm-hmm. but scripture which trumps like the spiritual reality trumps Mm -hmm. the the earthly reality so um so that's that's incorrect that might be Mm -hmm. a pain that i need to constantly deal with and process Mm -hmm. ongoingly but it does not take away from the fact that the lord is my shepherd Mm -hmm. and in him i have all that i need Mm -hmm. that is a comfort that has been with me for a long time Mm. and um i really love that and then the the woman with the bleeding disorder Mm. in mark 5 um we talked i i learned recently um that one of god's names is jehovah rapha Mm. and that means it's translated uh the lord our healer or the lord is our healer um and i just wanted to kind of i don't think we have time to like go over the whole story, but I just wanted to mention it in case anyone wants Mm -hmm. to look it up. Um, Her story and the way that she approaches God's, or Mm. that she approaches touching the end of Christ's Mm -hmm. garment and that she's healed immediately. Um, I just love that story. And that Mm. also reminds me of God's sovereignty Mm. because she was, she had the bleeding disorder for 12 years. Mm Um, but does that make her healing any less beautiful and mm-hmm. weighty? Does that make her intimate moment with Christ, mm-hmm. with the Messiah, does that make that any less valid? Mm-hmm. No. Like both are true together. Mm-hmm. Like this was hard. Christ Christ has healed me and, mm-hmm. and, and I love Christ. Mm-hmm. And I have all that I need in Christ. Like those things live together. Mm-hmm. Um, for that woman in that story. And, and I, I personally have seen that that lives mm. together. Like I hold those two mm. truths together. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. That's so beautiful. I love how throughout your entire story, mm-hmm. the way that I'm listening to you say Jesus helped you, Moses, by giving you the invitation and the command to submit to him. Mm-hmm. Because when he invited you to do that and you trusted him enough to do it. Yeah. He has taken care mm-hmm. of you every step, mm-hmm. every moment of your submitted heart. And that's beautiful. I've never, I don't think I've ever heard a more beautiful testimony of submission in my life. So thank you for all of your wisdom. Thank you for having me. And thank you. And guys, I hope that you are blessed and encouraged. And I hope that you are leaning into Jesus in whatever pain or trauma you may have experienced. We love you so much. God bless.